Welcome to the Power of Perspective podcast with Stephen Ritchie. Today we unravel the intricacies of relationships and embark on a journey of self-discovery. I'm your host, Stephen, and today we have a special treat for you. We are joined by Adrian Linton, a good friend of mine, and we delve into the depths of what makes relationships thrive. We're ready to unlock the secrets behind successful connections and embark on a path towards lasting love. Adrian, thanks for coming on. How are you doing today? I can't complain. And if I did, no one would listen anyway. <laughs> Turned about 23 years old. I was in a relationship with the person I truly, truly cared about. I mean, I looked at this girl and I was thinking to myself, like, damn, if you lost both your arms and both your legs, I'd push you around in a wheelchair and I'd be, I'd thank the stars that I had you in my life. Uh, that imploded um, pretty severely. And it kind of like really messed me up in a lot of ways. Um, long story short, she cheated on me. And, you know... You spend a lot of time, once you've been cheated on, you spend a lot of time wondering what you did wrong. And you ask yourself, what did I do? What could I have done better? And all that stuff. And it kind of got like to a really dark point in my life where that whole situation would be an issue with every relationship. So when I got to about my mid-20s, uh, I started to self-reflect and try and understand why it was that I was bombing all these relationships that I was trying to get into. Like, long story short, after the, the relationship with the girl that broke my heart, I got immediately into, like, not another relationship, but I started transferring my emotions from that I had for the girl that I was dating onto this other girl who was very similar to her and I wasted about two years of my life uh, on a, on what is called the hook with her. You know, that basically was... Um, her, the guy that she would ask to come over and spend time with her to make her feel better about herself. And I wasted like two years on that. And then after her, there was basically a smorgasbord of bad relationships. I spent most of my time on Tinder trying to find a girl there. Dude, I would go on a date with about two girls every month. It actually used to make one of the guys I worked with very bleak because, you know, whenever I went on to Tinder, I would continuously go on dates. Meanwhile, he was on Tinder for months and he would never even get a single match. I, I spent quite a lot of time going on dates, meeting new people i figured stuff like this okay when you go on a date you don't want to go on like a, a severe date in um for the first meetup you don't want to go on like a extravagant dinner date because there's a chance i'm not saying this happens all the time with everyone that you're going to go on a date with but there's a chance the person is literally just there to get a free meal i mean that's the kind of stuff that we have to face um i learned that by going on dates with people and first when i first started dating also going out with people i would go like to the waterfront spend like a thousand rand on a, on a meal that I couldn't even bloody afford and it wasn't even for a person I really would actually like to date it was just like a girl that I met on Tinder I mean like I think to myself like all the things that I did with all these girls over the years would have been so much nicer to actually have done with a person that I actually wanted to do it with at the age of like I said 25 when I kind of realized that um, all of these dates and all of the people that I would go and date with wasn't actually helping me out at all I mean I, I kept on getting rejected I kept on feeling horrible and feeling worse got to a point where like going on dating sites actually seemed more harmful than any good I, i'll be like oh gosh i'm just going on this dating site now just so that i can remind myself why it's better to actually just be single and then i started to wonder i, I stopped going on the sites because also i got ghost banned i would have a, an account then i would delete it so i could start over again and apparently that gets you ghost banned so like after a period of time i didn't even get any likes so i went from like getting about a hundred i'm not joking i'm not matches like, i'll get like 60 matches which for a dude is not bad i'd go from like a hundred likes uh, to a about no likes and then absolutely no matches before the kind of bad thing i mean that's a lot of matches for a guy you know it's uh... for me it was relatively easy like i could go on dates and and do my thing like I, I had my my little niche where i worked and i mean for a period of time it was a pretty nice and fun experience 
but like I said, after after a while, it kind of like burns at your soul, and you kind of just want to be with a person. And so I started to try and actually find someone. There was a period of time where I actually wanted to get in a relationship. I wasn't just trying to heal from my ex girlfriend. Um, that I would try and make like serious profiles to actually meet someone. And then you find I found like this one person I really clicked with, and we ended up like having a nice time, going on a few dates, and and then you know I kept on like hinting that I liked her and all that stuff. And I told her like after about uh, two months of. Like hanging out and sleeping together, like I said, like I didn't even say I love you. I just like you know what? I actually just really like you. And she was like, I think we should start seeing other people. There was this one point where I actually wanted to see what it would be like to be a a, a man whore in a way, <laughs> just to, like to experience it. Because like, no, dude, I was going on dates like left, right, and center, and I wouldn't like sleep with any of the girls. I wouldn't try and take any of them home. This is not who I am as a person. Oh, you've known me in high school. I've I've never done something like that. It's just never been my style. But I was like, you know, I'd always threaten it and be like, yeah, no, if I ever wanted to become uh, like that uh, I would I would do well I'd slay and I, and I did and it wasn't like um, I planned to sleep with about like uh, gosh I planned to sleep with about 10 goals in one year and by the first three weeks it was three goals I, uh, I told like one of the guys I was working with and I was like I'm gonna sleep with 10 goals this year I'm gonna see how I'm gonna do it and then I told him after the three goals and he said to me dude I think you're gonna have to change your numbers because it's like not even 10 it's not even being like uh, <laughs> a fraction of that and you're pretty far like into this number bruh um, and okay, I, I was going to continue doing it because I just wanted to see how many girls I could sleep with in a year. And then COVID hit. So, I mean, like, obviously that wasn't going to happen. Any, that, that plan didn't happen. And thank goodness that COVID hit because uh, it got me thinking, like, okay, I can go on dates. And I can get girls to sleep with me really easily. Like, it's 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 so much easier to get a girl to sleep with me than it is to get a girl to actually get in a relationship. And it, it that confused me. Like, that legitimately, legitimately confused me. I, I just didn't know what the hell was going on. But like, like I, I could go on dates. I could get girls to date me. I could go to a bar and pick up a girl, but I couldn't. I was like, I, I quitted it like to this. I'm like a roller coaster. Okay, back then, this is how I felt. I was like, I'm like a roller coaster. I'm fun to be around and awesome to go for a ride on and all that stuff, but you don't take the roller coaster home. And so I I, I did like, I don't know what happened essentially. Like, a part of me changed. And I was like, okay, I'm not going to do this anymore. I'm not going to be like this guy that just wants to find, um, to get into a relationship. I kept on telling people, like, oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm not really into it. I'm not really trying to find one. But like, deep down, I, I did. I always wanted to find one. I always wanted to be in one. And the fact that I was able to, like, get girls to sleep with me relatively easily and not to date me it made me wonder I'm like what the hell's wrong with me like what am I doing wrong like what's going on here like it seems like everything changed from when I was in high school where girls would literally ask me out come to hang out with me and ask me out and now I'm going into this dating scene where I'm 20 years old go or mid-20s and going through life and it's just like it, it's not the same as it was I mean first of all you got to deal with people that have so much more baggage uh, and like that's not a bad thing we all have baggage and all that stuff but you don't know what's going on in their lives as much as you know what's going on in yours in a way like sometimes I would um, try and date a girl be with this one person and she just like lost interest and ghosted me and obviously when you get ghosted you think to yourself okay obviously it's me that's the issue but sometimes it's not you sometimes it's something that's going on in their lives and they just you know either they just wanted attention for a while something's going on and they just don't want to talk to you maybe they've met someone else there's so many different reasons why and I was so confused with what was going on in the world around me that I had to find out was like I had to find out answers so I spent a lot of time going on YouTube watching like all of these um, psychology things uh, about like dating and how to tell if a girl likes you and how to like just all of those things all those self-help things you see on YouTube and then um, obviously I started studying psychology um, as well and so I started putting them all together 
Let's let's talk about the dating apps, right? You know, this has been yeah, part of a big part of the experience in your sort of journey in the dating world and relationships. And yeah, you know, for me and for many people, it's, it's where society's at, right? For us to, you know, meet for meaningful connections, you know, it's, you can't really walk up to someone in a bar that easily these days because everyone is looking, they're looking on an app, but apps have problems, right? It's like, it used to be, I don't know, for me, like a lot easier, like when you could just talk up to someone and you know just kind of vibe and then just go but now it's this sort of weird sort of it kind of feels like um superficial we're like okay swipe left swipe right you're good you're not based on a little profile you know and we have to adapt to this world and now that's where we're at you know like most people i think these days are meeting on apps because um in persons is tough but apps are problematic right for like a couple of reasons the psychological part of it's to do with you know that sort of superficialness of it you're you're looking at like a advertisement for someone you know it's like a Facebook post and everyone just kind of puts their bedside and kind of says some nice sort of airbrush things and that's kind of it you know some pretty pictures like a couple lines and that's meant to represent a whole person and you know it also creates an unhealthy people will take you know certain types of pictures that aren't necessarily true to themselves but they know it's what's gonna lure people in you know or sexy or you know like looking like they're having so much fun and but just good stuff I mean that's really cool qualities in people but you know what I mean it kind of gears towards something there's yeah. that but then also with anonymity people will behave different you know like things like ghosting you know it's like oh we're having a conversation oh you disappeared off the face of the earth oh that, that doesn't happen in real life easily unless you, uh, the police are finally catching on to the serial killer dang and then they just disappear off the earth or maybe that they get a message that they there's been irregularities with the pension fund right <laughs> and then they're gone well first of all with dating sites i remember when dating sites first like became like a biggish thing because remember we're old buddies like we were there when the the internet like started to have Bebo and Facebook and MySpace was like new and it didn't have didn't even have the like button back in the day when we first got into Facebook. Like we were like the first guys there. I remember dating sites particularly when when I first started. You know, I think it was the first one I used to go and was uh, okay. I don't even know how old I was. Um, I don't even. I think it was like after high school that I started doing dating sites because I mean high school was pretty much like a place where where I met my goals anyway. The way to say that dating sites today it's kind of like the best way to put it is dating sites are like ordering off a menu uh you see pretty much the picture and see the ingredients and uh you can swipe right you can swipe left if you like it um but that's that's the situation when it comes to women like it's like ordering off a menu they can take pretty much whoever they want because like i said i i got like 60 matches but i had a friend well i have a friend who goes on to uh tinder and would do and she gets like 700 likes, dude. But pretty much any person she swipes right on is a match for her. Like, yeah. that's what it's like for girls. For it's, guys, uh, yeah. it's, uh, it's like going fishing. Yeah, part of it is that yeah. the ratios, right? There's there's way more more guys on Tinder than and those kind of apps than girls. That you get this demand sort of disparity where you know girls are getting lots of attention by a whole bunch of guys. Guys, some guys um, are getting little attention. It's only like a little top of the the pack that get most attention. But there's like something like yeah, well, think about it. Ten percent of guys get like most of the the likes. Yes, whatever, which is insane. So you create like societal problems, right? 
like where it's like you know women will get like um feel like oh, okay well i've got this so many people going for me you know i can be super picky and i can just kind of they have to filter somehow right? it's like an interview process so many candidates and then you know they'll be kind of picky and maybe they won't necessarily know what they're looking for and you know the the guys will you know get a little bit uh, desperate there's like they're fighting you know over this kind of piece of meat that's thrown out there so guys will just swipe you know like every like a lot more people than you would in real life right you know you, to, it's like if you send out like 10 hits and you know one of them comes back you know one of the fishing lines you know, you're feeling pretty good right well you know women's like yeah. too many people liking you and so i think it's a lose-lose right you know the guys they sort of might settle and might get you know like to, to take mental health sort of struggles even from it from the lack of appreciation and then you know women will you know maybe get too picky and maybe get over sort of inflated like ego in a way right which is not good because then both sort of angles aren't conducive to like successful relationships right when anyone who gets a lot of attention be it guy or girl gets a lot of attention from a lot of people from of the opposite sex but it's kind of like if i had to ask you right now and say steven what is your favorite song of all times favorite song no, that's right now tell one. me your favorite song gonna... of all time that's a hard one why why is it hard why is it hard stevie because there's, there's so many amazing music that's the reason there. why the illusion of choice that's the situation that we're dealing with it's not that they're they're full of themselves it's just like how, how am i supposed to choose my favorite song on the spot i mean it's like that episode from how i met your mother okay i like to reference how i met your mother it's one of my favorite tv series and i'm gonna do that to so just deal with it it's like that episode when barney decides to go and put his um, number on the TV having that phone and he has that phone that keeps on ringing no matter what there's always a hot chick on the end of the line and he doesn't have it he doesn't sleep with any of them he doesn't date any of them he's too busy jumping from girl to girl and that is the illusion of choice that's the situation that we're dealing with uh, on dating sites not, not for um, everyone Obviously, this is not the situation for everyone. This is a situation for some people where, like you said, the top 10% is, this is the top 10% is for guys that um, get all of the light. But for um, for girls, it's, it's like I said, it's going and ordering off a, off of a menu because there's so many options for them. And um, obviously, if you have like, let's say, 100 guys messaging you, you can be very picky for guys that you want. And, you know, and think of this, Stevie. You have a whole bunch of, God, God forbid, like 100 women are messaging you right now. 100 of them. All, all different kinds. Doesn't really matter, okay? And you you have the pick of the litter. Yeah, but the thing is, Steve, the thing is, you you can't you can't just like um the longer you wait, the less of them want to talk to you as well. Because you know, obviously, when it comes to like dating sites, if you don't message a person after a few days, it becomes less likely that they're going to want to actually talk to you because they they might have found someone else. Their profile would have just been deleted as well. So like, obviously, the longer you take, the less of a chance you have with them. How are you going to choose? I feel like how are you going to choose a girl? You're just going to like choose like the obvious, but maybe not meaningful differentiating. You know, like like Ooh, who's hotter, who's got the flashier profile, like that kind of thing. It's like not stuff I would normally prioritize. But you know, when you're just bombarded with people, <laughs> it's kind of the the, the easy uh, filter, right? Or you have like little green and red flags and that's a, obviously a very good system normally, but you know, you might give a petty like, you know, is, is she, you know, like looks like a supermodel? Does she, I don't know, even have money? Do you know, I don't even know, man. Like, what's We have uh, some of the hobbies. Like, I, I remember chatting to some of the girls at one of the houses I stayed and mm -hmm. this is from the other angle, but their, you know, red flag, green flag list, like, 
<laughs> relative to mine was yeah. like insane. They were like, oh, okay, cool. You know, if the guy doesn't dress like X, you know, doesn't take them to a fancy restaurant, doesn't pay the, the bill and, you know, a couple other things, um, they're just a no. And to me, it's like, that's crazy. Cause like, so you're saying that your meaningful partner, your life partner is going to be filtered out because of one of those little reasons? Not, not because, you know, they're a bad person or, you know, what happens if they're the most amazing personality, you know, it's love at first sight. There's this intimate connection potential that could happen, but you're just like, yeah, you know, he, he doesn't have enough cash. We didn't take me to this particular place or, you know, he's not, not this tall. He's not six foot. That is like just how you filter out your potential love of your life. Just, just because you have this very kind of superficial, very over sort of abundant, you know, flag list. And for me, it's like, sure, there's big flags that are just no's. You know, if someone you date just treats the people around them horrendously, or they have serious emotional issues, or maybe they're overly kind of needy and things. These, these are, you know, or they don't line up with your core values, right? If you believe integrity yeah. or something very important, like you're passionate about having kids or something, those are those are big deals, right? Those are like massive impacts in your life. As opposed to, did he dress this way? Did he take me there? Does he does he pay, you know, this, this amount for this thing? And does he pay for my shopping? Ah, man, I don't know. Like, I just don't, that doesn't seem like a recipe to sex for me, but I just change all of them. They all seem to have like these kind of ideas. And I just get the feeling like it's just overabundance um, kind of leads to, you can kind of um, have the luxury of like, just like saying, oh, I want all the things. I want this. We all have a list of things that we want to, in a partner, you know? I keep on saying that this, the list of things that we want in a partner, usually when I ask a person, what do you want in a relationship? Like, what do you want in your perfect partner? They're sometimes stumped. And then I asked them straight afterwards and I say, okay, then what don't you want in a relationship? And then they're not stumped. They just tell me like this long ass list of those things that they don't want in a relationship because it's, it's, you don't really know what you want more often than not when it comes to a relationship, you just know what you don't want. And eventually you date for so long uh, that you kind of just like have a list of things, such a long list of things that you don't want. It's a lot easier to find out things that you do want from that list because, I mean, this woman was basically saying that she couldn't find a man. I think she was like in her mid-30s and uh, she was complaining about uh, she couldn't find the right kind of guy. So they asked her to write a list of the things that her perfect man would have. And she had like 50 items on the list. And I kid you not, 50 items. I have a list of probably like... Uh, 10, maybe 15 items. And like even there, those items can be split up into like dead serious things that I will not bend on to things where um, I'm not too fussed about. Like things like I will not bend on. Uh, I am, I'm straight. I, I, I won't want to sleep with him, with another guy. That's just not what I want to do. Where things as um, religion is not too much of a big issue for me. But these are like 50 items of things that this girl well, this woman, should I say, sorry, this woman wants, like she has to have this. So they go and find her a guy um, that basically ticks about, let's say, 46 boxes of the 50 boxes that she has there. You know, relatively the same attractiveness. They were, they basically basically looked like a couple that would work. You know, they weren't particularly like gorgeous, nor were they horrendously hideous. They would like just plain. Sorry, I know that's a very mean thing to say, but like, I, I don't know how else to say it. So they went on a date and they followed up on a few weeks later. Now, keep in mind, this guy had like 46, 46 out of the 50 
boxes ticked that she wanted, bruh. Yeah, the stars have a Like, this guy had almost everything. Bruh, yeah, yeah. You think that this girl, or this, sorry, I keep on saying, this woman has found her, her soulmate. No, no, she didn't. She didn't. She wasn't interested in him. She didn't really like him. There was just no spark. Yeah, well, uh, chemistry. Right? And that, actually, that, that bewilders me. That's not really much chemistry because you would think that would be chemistry. Like, if I told you, hey, Steve, here's the 15 items that I would, I want you to go and find me, um, a partner, here's 15 items, uh, go, and you gave me a person that had 10 of those items, I'd be pretty impressed, bro. You know? But yeah. 46 out of 50, and, uh, and it wasn't... I think it's because, like, you know, we put so much pressure on love itself, you know? Like, we all have an idea of what love is, but the thing is, we all feel love differently. We all have different experiences with it. And, like, we put way too much pressure on it because we think that love is actually going to be the end all. It's like the end of the book, dude. It's the end of the story. You find love, you live happily ever after. But then you don't realize that that's just the end of the chapter, bro. The story only ends when you die. So I think that in this, in this case with this person, she thought okay this guy is good but not the one and this sort of concept of finality sort of will lead on to a later issue of they've got the goal and they've got all the things and they got the happily ever after and then they don't work on the relationship because you know they just don't grow together and so they grow up drift apart right and you know because the well, story's still going um but they're just you know just living as if this is like it's just always going to work you know no effort we mentioned chemistry yep. right maybe just chat a little bit on um, yes. your thoughts of how do you get that right what creates chemistry yeah Okay, well, first of all, what makes chemistry? What is it to love and what is it to be attracted to another person? Now, keep in mind, when you fall in love with a person, there's a whole bunch of chemicals going off in your brain. I once watched when I was a kid a documentary on love. Now, I had like this big idea back then what love was. It was like a be-all, end-all force that could do it. Be there and fight all evil and nothing. You know, you watch those old Disney uh, movies and you think to yourself, like, yeah, no, this is real love and this is it. You know, I'm going to find my princess and live happily ever after and all that stuff. But um, I watched this thing and it basically said that love is basically just a chemical, bunch of chemicals being released in your brain. And after a while, those chemicals um, start, losing, start losing their potency. Uh, and which means that love isn't forever. Like it, it stops working. It stops like becoming a serious. You don't get those chemicals in the brain anymore and you're just not as attractive to the person. The importance of, of good chemistry in a relationship, how much is that? Well, dude, that's, that, that's important as hell, dude. I mean, what, what actually are the pillars of a relationship what makes a relationship really important first of all for a long lasting relationship you you got to want to um jump the bones of the person you're dating if you don't want to sleep with the person you're dating your relationship is not going to last like okay maybe it will there are asexuals out there that would happily be happy with not sleeping with the person that they're with but let's go to the sides that actually of, of the of the person that actually wants to be in a relationship with the person actually have sex um they they say all the time that sexist marriages are and relationships are, are like basically downtime relationships i'm saying sometimes people kind of get the wrong idea of like attraction is important in a relationship it's not the only important thing but it's important you know it's not it's not trying to be like like you know superficial it, it just is right it's an important part of you know kind of human connection but it's not the only part you know emotional connection there's a lot of really big factors but it's one of them right oh 100 percent it's 100%. Like, the emotional connection, for me, as a, as a demisexual, dude, emotional connection outweighs the sexual connection for me. Like, I'm saying this as a person that can happily, happily be in a relationship without sex. Like, I am more capable. Like, when I was dating one of my ex-girlfriends and she would withhold sex from me, I'd be like, babe, you know, you, you're doing this to yourself because I can last a lot longer than you can without it, eh? <laughs> yeah. You pulled the um, card. <laughs> yeah, basically, I was like, you want to withhold sex? 
Okay, how about I withhold sex? Yeah, needless to say that that wasn't a very good Trump card of hers. <laughs> but like, there's a lot more actually. There's a lot more that makes chemistry work in a relationship. Like for uh, for me, what what I find attractive in a person. I remember, this is all different for everyone else. This chemistry works for everyone differently. CV, you're not going to be attracted to a person the same way I'm attracted to a person. You have different likes to me. You have different tastes to me. You have different hobbies to me. So chemistry is subjective to the person, I would say. Okay. So I would probably value an outgoing person that has a passion in her career, works, like takes care of themselves emotionally, mentally, physically. And, um, you might want a person that you like bubble gum. I like cream soda. That's going to be something different between the two of us. I like blonde girls. You like brunette girls. You you ha- you want a girl that uh, does fire dancing, where I want a girl that will go on stage and do karaoke with me. There's a whole bunch of different things that make chemistry work. Like how you meet the person is also a way. How you meet a person can also define your chemistry. Because I mean, if I go out and let's say I, I meet the same person and I go to the shops and I, I bump into her buying toilet paper. Yeah, the most unromantic thing. I'm not going to be nearly as into the conversation that we could possibly be having. Like I bump into her and, and we talk about toilet paper. It's not going to be nearly as entertaining if I meet this person and we're at a bar and she's just sung an amazing song um, at karaoke. Um, I, I'm going to be a lot more attracted to her because of that situation we first met. I remember when I was a lot younger, I used to say that when you first meet a person, like there's a glamour effect around them because you're so much more interested. Um, and then after you meet them for the second time around, maybe there's better lighting. Maybe you're less drunk or maybe you just get to know them a bit better, but they lose a bit of that sheen. That's the superficial part. Because I always say when you first meet a person, it's your looks that get you into the door, but your personality that keeps you there. You know, if you want to really create chemistry with a person, obviously you're going to have to look your best. I'm not going to go to a bar dressed in my pajamas, um, not having brushed my teeth and having scruffy hair and expect to pull a girl. Yeah, and girls don't have hygiene, right? It's the one thing guys sometimes... Oh, 100%, dude. 100%. Like, I I can't tell you how often when we go out when we're younger and we go out and party, I always tell the guys, like, brush your teeth before you go out, dude. Like, just brush your teeth. Like, seriously. No one wants to hook up with a guy who has bad breath. In modern days now, a lot of relationships sort of fail, right? It's, it's, I mean, it's sad, right? You know, like, if you're so nice, if everyone just found, you know, they're, they're like um, one true person and they had successful relationships but it's tough now man so like why do you think the big sort of relationships fail and maybe even reflect on some of your own experiences one of the biggest ones we're going to come back to from from an earlier topic is sex it's not the whole thing it's a part of it imagine being in a relationship with a person you don't want to sleep with see there's going to be a change because we all grow old and we all age and we lose our beauty and all that stuff yeah, well, you know, like, like a bit of sex tension is quite healthy, right? It creates a bit of excitement, a bit of romantic feelings, all the butterflies. And... When we first get into relationships with a person, it's the sparks are flying, you know, all those endorphins are floating around in your head and, you know, you're feeling all lovey-dovey with the person. But eventually those um, those chemicals stop losing their potency and you start stop losing. The honeymoon phase goes away, yeah. That's when the relationship really gets into, like, it's crude. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because that actually makes or breaks the relationship. Now, what usually happens when you enter a relationship with a person, you think to yourself, okay, this is a complete product that I'm getting into a relationship with. I'm a complete product that I'm getting into a relationship with. And they stop growing. You know, you're like, okay, cool. This is the end of the story. Like I said earlier, this is the end of the story. Now I can sit back and just live my life and be happy with this person for the rest of my life. Not knowing that a relationship is like a garden. You've got to water it. You've got to keep on working on it. You've got to keep on working on yourself. Another thing that we do a lot when we get into a relationship, we put all the pressure of being happy on them. That's what I'm trying to say. Yeah. 
we think that we're with this person, therefore we should be happy with them, not realizing that that's not their task to do. It's not your partner's responsibility to make you happy. That's your responsibility. You got to figure out how to make yourself happy. Your partner is just there to share the happiness with you. You know, it's kind of like they're there with you to make the, the, the company better, the food tastes sweeter. They're just that little cherry on the top of the happiness of your life. I know it's, it's very easy for me to say as a person, like, you know, you've got to find happiness in yourself before you try and find happiness in a partner, in a relationship. Let's be honest here. We're not all exactly happy with who we are 100%. We all have things we like to change, but that's not what I'm trying to talk about. I'm trying to say, like, you, you got to be, you got to look at yourself in the mirror and go, like, look, I may not be the best, the prettiest, the smartest or whatever, but I am I am me, and I'm the only me there is. And that that's all that I really need. We get into relationships and we start to stagnate. We, um, like, when I was younger, I would get into, like, I would work out the whole time, and then I'd get into a relationship, but then I'd start becoming a little bit chubby. Then it happened, like, in my 20s when I started dating the one girl that I really, really cared about. And um, I actually wanted to keep on working on, keep on working on myself. But it was just very difficult because I, I couldn't, I wanted to spend more time with her. I wanted to be around her the whole time. So obviously I, would, I wouldn't gym as much. She wanted to go out and party. So I would go out and I would drink with her. And then I'd also smoke. So obviously I, I stopped stopped having my abs and I started becoming chubbier. That was an issue. I stopped looking the way I looked. I stopped being the person that I wanted to be. I, I lost all of the things that I like to do. I didn't write my, my, I didn't do my hobbies as much. I became like a part of the relationship. That was, that was me. I lost myself in the relationship. I stopped being who I was. And I think that what happened with me in that one, in that relationship, I think that I lost a lot of respect for myself. I lost, um, she also lost a lot of respect for me as well. For me, like, you, you need to, I feel like, come out almost a better person after the relationship than you went in, right? So if you, you know, Know, rely on them for happiness and you don't you know enjoy, keep up with your hobbies and you even let go of your fun hobbies and you know you, you give up on like your personal kind of growth and you know people do also is they stop following up on their friends and their connections and then you know it goes a bit south and you know giving up on these things is part of their kind of unhappiness and then you get out and you're like just kind of feel like you're broken right because you've just given up on everything that's important to you besides that you know the, the relationship we tend to when we get into relationships with other people think of it like this when you're by yourself you have so much time with yourself to do the things that you want to do to i mean when you when you're single you ask yourself more often what do i want to do what's going to make me happy because you don't have another person who's like there talking to you the whole time and trying to be there with you you're not going to ask what are we going to have for dinner when you're the only person eating dinner when you're by yourself you have so much more time to be by yourself you spend a lot of time with yourself but when you get into a relationship you have less time to yourself you, you, you stop becoming a me and you stop becoming a we and you spend so much time with this person so you become like a part of them a part of their life you start losing part of your identities as well as they lose part of their uh, of their identity you, you lose hobbies they say that when you date a person you lose at least one or two friends uh, that's obvious i mean i remember when i first started dating a few of my ex-girlfriends i lost one or two of my my friends my lady friends you know all the girls i used to hang out with in primary school and high school whenever i relationship but obviously you lose one or two because the girl that i was dating didn't like them you know it's a situation. We we tend to lose pieces of ourselves in the in the relationship, not knowing that you're actually supposed to be more yourself. You know, you're not supposed to become like one person, two people becoming one. You're supposed to be a team. You're supposed to be. You're supposed to like help each other out, push each other to become further, become better. You know, you you want to. When I'm in a relationship, 
personally. I want to be with a person that I can help grow with. You know, I want to learn. I want to experience more. And uh, and that's not something that a lot of people do. But it seems that when people get into relationships nowadays, they spend a lot of time just watching TV together. Uh, a lot of a lot of relationships are not like that. I mean, a whole bunch of relationships lost. We're talking about the relationships that aren't lasting. What are the things that people are doing? wrong in these relationships and this is one of the things that is the issue when you get into a relationship you lose a part of yourself you put them ahead of you which is not bad that, that's important you guys are together you're supposed to be a team you're supposed to put each other first but also you're supposed to put yourselves first as well you're supposed to realize that your happiness is your responsibility you're supposed to put less pressure on them to make you happy and try and work on bettering yourselves as well as you know progressing and becoming a better team i mean what's the end goal when you get into a relationship with a person value to add to each other you can learn from each other and grow from each other or the other route is you just let them replace uh, certain things that you know they just do things for you which is cool but also you become very reliant on them and emotionally instead of you know taking care of yourself and regulating your emotions you're like well you just make me happy you know like it's, yeah as i said it can like that's typical codependence versus you know independence is that you up your capability to let them kind of you know take over those parts as opposed to using them to be like how can we get stronger how can we get better that is the issue when you get into a relationship with a person you're supposed to realize the two of you are entities that are capable of change that you are capable of growth and that you both want the best for each other you don't get into a relationship with a person you want to absolutely kill get thrown in jail you don't that's that's not a healthy relationship unless you're absolutely bloody crazy and you want to have a relationship where you just hate yourself and hate the person you're with you know you, you guys are supposed to help each other grow you're supposed to be team you don't have to be perfect you know when you get into a relationship with a person the right person it doesn't have to be perfect it's just got to be worth working for you got to wake up every Every day thinking to yourself like this it's it's not going to be easy the whole time this is going to be work sometimes you have to work at the relationship is this person worth it at the end of the day is the person i am with worth the effort of of this of me being in their life or is it worth the possibility of them you know breaking my heart is is it worth the, the day that maybe I, I wake up and they're not there anymore because god forbid something happened to them and if the answer is yes then you need to realize and you need to work on this relationship and realize that this relationship is a living thing. The relationship between the two of you is like a plant. You've got to nurture it. You've got to feed it. You've got to keep in mind that you and this person need to, to work on this together. It's not just you. You need to be able to openly communicate with this person and tell them that, hey, I'm not happy with this. This is why I'm not happy with this. Can we please reach a compromise? You got to be able to open up dialogues with a person when you're not happy. You know, they say that it takes seven months for you to see a person's real face. You know what I mean? If you hang out with a person, it takes seven months to get to know them because you can't keep a, up a facade. For obviously, you can. I've, I've obviously you get some narcissists out there that are able to keep up a fake um, personality for years. But on the general meet a person within seven months you're pretty much going to figure out not all of their personality but you're going to be able to tell if this person's like legit or not after seven months so you're not going to be able to um, be consistent continuously for, for more than seven months you're going to lie some of your lies are going to come to fruition after seven months you know essentially 
So, I mean, what's the point of bullcrapping someone for seven yeah. months? I mean, you might as well just be honest with them, you know? That's another issue. You get into a relationship with a person, they're, they've been lying to you for seven months. You find out that, hey, you know, this, this person said uh, this, but they actually are that. Or, you know, you find things out. And that's also why relationships don't, don't work as well, because we get into relationships with people we don't particularly know. We don't spend enough time before the relationship actually becoming friends with the person that you want to date because you've got to keep in mind okay when you're dating someone that person you're dating should actually be a good friend of yours you should be dating a person you enjoy spending time with I, i've actually heard from a bunch of people saying the best relationships are being with your best like being in a relationship with your best friend who you sleep with you're in the relationship for them right the person they actually are not the person they portray right like that's sure that that's almost what you were trying to move past to get to that was um interesting at a point they were like i don't want you to see that 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 part of me i don't want you to you know see, see me when I'm, I'm struggling through things and things and i'm like but that's part of you Oh, that's part of the experience you know what are we just going to avoid this forever you know you want to kind of love them for, for who they are the, the whole experience not just the way they can portray themselves on the best days you know it's like and you want to get to know them right you know this idea of being in a team right you know you first want to know mm -hmm. who your teammate is right and once you find out who they really are then you can decide is this still a person i want to stay with are we still a good match or beyond the surface right and then you know once you got there you want to you know if you're resolving things you want it to get better and better you you have vested interest you know if, if I value the relationship and you value the relationship we have such a vested interest for it to be the best possible thing so if a problem rises up it's not about me being right or you being right or me getting something out of it it's about well you know is it worth us working through this because we value the relationship to continue if so well find a solution that you know works for everyone in a way that there's not going to be you know spite and regret as I said you're building something together and that's how you, I feel like people should see it as opposed to, you know, that's why conflict's not necessarily like a bad thing, right? It's how you resolve it. It's taking those maybe rough edges and incompatibility sort of sections and seeing, well, you know, can we sort of merge these together into a, you know, a beautiful connection or maybe we can't. And then that's where we call it quits and, you know, respectively say, well, you know, we tried, but, you know, it's part of the journey, right? It's finding, you know, where are we compatible? Are we compatible in all spheres? If not, the ones where there's weaknesses, so we can see if they, we can meld them together with a bit of work. And, you know, if there's a, a crack you can't you know fix well you know then it's fine then just yeah so i mean that's suppose how i see it on the point of people giving up parts of themselves i think i've noticed that people will you know stop having their own life stop hanging out with their friends stop you know and as you said you know it's you gotta have your own life and then you also gotta have a life together with them right otherwise you're just kind of relying on them yeah well the problem is when you get absorbed into their life and you like like you said right now you still gotta be a part of yourself what's gonna happen if you lose yourself in the relationship, completely lose yourself and you just basically do all the things that they like to do, what's going to happen if the relationship fails? Then who are you? You've, you've given up everything of who you are for this relationship and now this relationship hasn't worked out. You're not going to know who you are anymore. Because who you were, you really gave up so easily to be a part of someone else's world and they gave up that version of you to be in their world. So now you're not going to know who you are. You're going to have to basically spend the next, I don't know how long, figure out who you are again. And that's an issue. You're not supposed to lose yourself to the relationship. You're supposed to become a better version of you in the relationship. I mean, how often have you told a person, okay, you make me want to be a better person. You go up to a person, the, the, the woman or the guy of your dreams, and you go, you make me want to be a better person. If your partner says that to you, and they mean it, 
their relationships more more often are not going to last longer because if you genuinely want to be a better person for your partner because you love them and you want them to be happy, then you're going to go out and you're going to try and improve. I don't, I don't know how you're going to improve. Maybe you want to improve by working out more so you can be more sexually attractive to your girlfriend. Or maybe you're going to go out and study more so that you can support your family better. Or maybe you're going to learn their home language, their first language, so that you can speak to them in their innate mother tongue. The one relationship that we're always going to have and the relationship we're always going to need to work on is relationship with ourselves. And a lot of the time, a lot of the reasons why these relationships that we get in with another person doesn't work out is because we're not happy with ourselves. I remember I was dating a girl once and um, she told me that she had to be loved by everyone. And I said to her, you know, you, you're my whole world. Why can't I be enough for you? Sometimes you need to work on yourself more than the person that you're with or the relationship that you're having. And a lot of the times we get into relationships so that we don't have to work on our relationships with ourselves because it's easy to lose who we are in the relationship. We put so much pressure on the person we're with. We date them because they have parts in a personality that you want. It's like we've had the conversation. Why do we always attract X? Now you go there and you always go, why do I always attract this kind of girl or this kind of guy? And it's because you have personality traits that they desire. So they go out and they seek you. They try and date you because they believe that if they are with you, they will achieve some sort of that personality trait that they're looking for. So let's say that you are really chill and this this person wants to date you and they're like hardcore party people and they want to calm down, you know? They want to they want to be with you because they feel like you're a good fit for them. They will relax with their, when they're with you. They won't want to go out and party as much. We go out and we seek partners who reflect aspects of their personality that we wish to see in ourselves, whereas we should actually be working on ourselves to reflect those own things that we actually wish to see in ourselves before we even consider getting into a relationship. When is it a good time to get into a relationship? Because this is part of the problem, right? Is that some people just want to be in a relationship to not be lonely like there's all sorts of reasons people need a relationship for me it's your relationship is like the, ne the next level of i don't know if you call it self-actualization but it's like as you said earlier a cherry on top it's like well i'm happy but i want that yes that's with someone and i want to you know pursue happiness in other avenues beyond the ones i've already found happiness in and between those two things i feel like if you're going into dating you should be really put together and very able to make someone else happy and make yourself happy you know and have no issues you shouldn't bring all those problems into a relationship from the start. You know, sure, as the relationship develops, problems will arise and you'll resolve them. If a relationship starts with problems and it's based on insecurities and you needing just to be in one as opposed to being wanting to be with them as opposed to just with someone. Uh, I think a thing you say a lot, that's, that's so key, right? Like some people will just also, if they're sad, they're like, well, I'm just going to use them to be happy or the ultimate that rebound where you're like well I just came out of a relationship and I'm feeling like you know like so you know sad and so unable to cope with situations and I've let go of myself a bit and I'm, I'm not in a good space well I just want to be in one again and you know let them fix this but you know it's like you, you're putting a lot on them you know it's like it's, relationships aren't to find a donor to fix you fixing someone in a relationship is very unproductive and toxic right you know you are meant to be two very you know effective people for adding a lot of value. Not one person adding value and solving all your problems and you there just kind of getting handouts and, you know, having expectations. That's pretty much like, a, like I said earlier, dude. We go into relationships and we 
we expect the other person to make us happy. You go into a relationship because you don't want to be lonely. And that's a huge mistake, dude. That's like getting into a relationship with a person because you pity them. You don't get into a relationship because you're lonely. You don't get into a relationship because you pity a person. That's not how this works. You get into a relationship because that person that you want to date is the person you want to date. I, I met this one girl a few years ago. She's a friend of a friend. She just got out of a relationship with this guy. Yeah, I met her like as she broke up. I don't know, a few days after she broke up with her boyfriend of like I don't know how many years, and she lost her virginity to this guy. So she was like head over heels for this guy. I met her, and I was like, I found out that she broke up with the boyfriend, and I was the last thing on my mind was trying to hook up with this poor chick. I'm just like, no, this poor girl. I remember turning to my buddy and saying like, dude, leave this one alone. She's broken up with her boyfriend. Just leave this one. You know, she would continuously try and get into relationships with people, and I was one of the guys who tried to get in a relationship with as well. Like she. She was trying to hook up with me sometimes. Like, she would go out of her way to, like, sleep in the same bed as me and stuff like that. I wasn't going to sleep with the girl. Like, I remember talking to this other person about the girl that was trying to date me. Um, she tried to make a few advances on me over, like, a few months of our friendship. The one, one of my friends asked me, like, why don't you just date this girl? And I said to him, it's not because, it's not that I'm not attracted to her. And I don't, it's not that I don't think that the two of us would work. My issue with her is that she just wants to be in a relationship. And they, uh, I don't want to be in a relationship with a person that's in love with the idea of love. Because they don't love me. They don't want to be with me. What's going to happen when they actually go and find, like they're in a relationship with me and they actually have that moment where they meet this guy and this other guy or this other girl is like their, their soulmate or perfect for them. I'm not being a person's placeholder. That's essentially what it is. When you get into a relationship with a person that just wants to be in a relationship, you have just a placeholder for them. Okay, so Adrian, tell us, you know, if, if you're happy to about, you know, like maybe a relationship where there was something that really didn't work and was a very kind of meaningful one where you sort of learned like a lot from. Okay, so I, I'm going to go on to a relationship that I had um, a very long period of time ago. Very, very long period of time ago. Very sweet girl. And I really, I loved her as much as a teenager could love another teenager but I was never like hardcore in love with her I remember when my mom asked me like if we were together for about a year and a half at this point I think we were turning I was 20 at that point so I was like I was just not a teenager anymore we started dating when I was about we started dating when I was 18 and we broke up just before my 21st birthday but our relationship was always on and off lovely girl lovely lovely girl the issue was when we first started dating first of all the issue was she thought that I was dating her on a day I kid you not. <laughs> she thought that my buddies dared me to date her. She actually admitted this six months after I asked her out. Or she asked me out, actually. She, she, she asked me out three times. First two times I said no. <laughs> Third time I said yes. I think I was actually just impressed with the consistency of like her asking me the whole time. Like, a girl, no girls asked me out three times. I'm just going to say yes. The problem with our relationship was how it started off. She first of all thought that I was dating her on a dare. And so it showed that there wasn't enough um, confidence in herself uh, or the relationship was weird. Like I, I was, obviously you knew the friend group that I had. I had a really bad group of friends, you know, and she didn't want me to be friends with them. So I always thought that, you know, I didn't realize there were such really bad people <laughs> at that point. Cause you know, like she my... was kind of right. Eh? <laughs> Dude, hundred percent she was right. You know, when you've got a friends group, people start saying like, you know, we don't like your friends. Your friends are problematic. And you're like, no, these are my chummies. We have had good times. But then you start people around you are actually maybe right. Eh? <laughs> It's funny how we see it last. Yeah, so like essentially what happened was the whole situation between me and her was she thought that I was a different person to who I really was. I was like very intimate with this person. I was 
very open with her. I was very honest with her. But she, no matter how hard I tried, she would never believe that I wasn't actually the person. She thought I was cheating on her the whole time. She thought that I would go out and party with my buddies and then like make out with another chick or do something. She thought that my buddies were influencing me to cheat on her, which was not true. I would never have done that because it's just not who I am as a person. And my friends did not nearly have that much power over me to tr- to convince me to break one of my ethical codes to like to cheat on a girl that I'm dating. You know, it's just not happening. But the thing is, that she, no matter how hard I tried to convince her that I loved her and that I wanted to be with her and all of those things that she just would not accept that but also I, I will say that I wasn't the best boyfriend as well because I actually cultivated that um, that insecurity in a relationship because I wanted to go I wanted to be with a girlfriend that worked out with me you know I wanted to work out with my girlfriend because I believe that couples that work out together stick together for longer because you know I don't know. This is something about being with a person that works at the sweat. It's like, yeah, no. I like to look after myself. I like to um, be healthy. I'm a health nut. So I kind of would like to be with a person that's a health nut, you know? And so I kind of cultivated that within the relationship. And I kind of got a little too extreme with it, where she actually became anorexic at a point. And that was 100% on me. Like, I was very, like, I, I should have been a better boyfriend. I really, I should have been a better boyfriend. <laughs> But the problem was me cultivating that in the relationship as well as my friend group. It just kind of made this horrible mixture of, um, you know, it's difficult to just to describe it. All I can say is this: at the end of the relationship, it got so bad that we were sitting on the couch, like I was sitting on her bed, and she was asking me, like, if we broke up, um, what would you do if we broke up? And I said to her, well, if we broke up, it's none of your business what we would do, like what I would do. We broke it up. I just remember us breaking up and getting back together a whole bunch of times over the years and it was like different reasons why we would break up, mainly because she was convinced that I was cheating on her. But, you know, no matter what I did, no matter how hard I tried, I could fight for her, I could write a poetry, I could do all of the things, I could never ever convince her that I was not cheating on her. So the last time when we... Yeah, once uh, not that trust, right? It's really hard to get that back. Yeah, I mean, like the thing is, that you can get that trust back, dude. You can, you can get that trust back. But the thing is, I never had that trust to begin with. I could never get it back because I just never had it. And I remember um, when we broke up for the last time, I actually walked into the TV room where my friend was playing on my PlayStation. I was, um, I don't even know why it was at my place. I think it was just there for moral support or it was just ch- visiting for the weekend or something like that. And I just went and couldn't get pop off to my girlfriend's house, break up with her or something like that. No, no, I didn't go to her house to break up with her. I, I, I promise you, I went to her house to actually fix the relationship. And yeah, we had that conversation where she was like, what would you do if we broke up? And I just said to her like, yeah, no, uh, that's none of your business. She told me to leave. And I said that if, if you, told me to leave i'm not coming back this is the last time i'm i'm never like we were over if you if you want me to just go and she kicked me she literally kicked me as i left her house like she kicked me out of her house bro. and then i walked into the tv room and i said to gion and i was like to him my man i just can't keep him doing this to her i can't keep hurting her like this no matter how hard i try i just have you ever heard that song from lewis capelli lost on you that song it's like perfectly describes that moment when I broke up with that girl. Because it's like, it's no matter how hard I tried, right? It's just this relationship. The, the very love that I had for her was causing her pain. And I broke it off. Couldn't hurt the person I loved anymore. Which is actually ironic because I, after I dated her, I started dating this other girl. Okay. Who did get this, did pretty much the same thing I did to the girl that I was dating before. She did what my ex-girlfriend thought I was doing to her. It's difficult to describe it. 
but essentially the girl that I dated did to me, but way worse. Way, way, way worse. So I kind of got like a taste of my own medicine in the relationship afterwards, and I kind of realized that, oh, no, that's like, no, don't treat people like that. Yeah, well, when you see it from the other side of the fence, it's a moment in life where you get a lot of insight. Most of my healthy relationships have actually been friendships. But like I said earlier, a really good relationship with the person that you want to date is basically a friendship with the person you want to jump their bones most of the time. Trademarks of a successful relationship is growth. I would say honesty, growth, and a willingness to actually want to spend the rest of your life with that same person. What's the scariest thing to me is I, I, I don't want to be in a relationship with a person, wake up 10 years down the line, and hear from them that they don't love me anymore or they never loved me in the first place. That is like an issue. But where the healthy relationship starts are the actual relationships with yourself. I've said this enough times and I'm going to say this continuously that no matter what relationship you are in, be it with another person, your friendship, lover, your mother, you've got to have a decent relationship with yourself first. That is like step one. That's step one. Hallmarks to have better relationships with people and to have long-lasting relationships is, again, continuously never stop dating your partner. Never. It doesn't matter if you're 50 years old, you've been together for 30 years at this point. That person is still the same person that you love. That person, you've got to love them the same amount as you loved them the first day you were together. Actually, no, you're supposed to love them more. It's supposed to be a loving relationship. You're supposed to have gotten fallen deeper into love with this person. But this is, yeah, these are the perfect relationships. You want to be better for them. You want to be better for yourself because obviously you make them happy and you love them and all that stuff. But you want to be better for them because they deserve better. Not because you're not good enough, but because you love them so much. When you're in a relationship with a person, you're supposed to be good enough for them. You're supposed to love them. You're supposed to be wanting to be with them for the rest of your life. You're supposed to love all. It's like having a garden that doesn't grow. You've got to cultivate it. And if you keep on wanting to be better and you love this person, then you are going to become better. You're going to try and become better. You're not going to stagnate. And you're not going to sit there in front of the TV all day, every day, watching the same TV series. That's going to be ultimately boring. No one wants to be in a relationship. And it's not even a relationship. You're just dying together at that point. Having a relationship with a person that you want to grow with and do new things with. Like I, I see it at the gym, at my gym that I've joined now. I've told you about this one guy um, and his wife. They're like in their mid-20s. They do jiu-jitsu together. And jiu-jitsu is just basically um, dry-humping each other. Like that, okay, obviously there's a lot more to jiu-jitsu. It's, you, you're basically crawling over people and you're like putting them in arm locks and stuff like that. And it's really freaking cute to see this guy and his wife fighting each other like there's not there's not like they're not trying to hurt each other it's like playful it's like watching two cats roll over each other now you only watch your dogs like play fighting or your cats play fighting it's like that it's freaking adorable dude it's absolutely adorable it made me realize it doesn't need necessarily need to be jujitsu kickboxing working out together but you need to have some kind of common interests like that's that's important for lost your relationship. Even if you don't have any relationship um, common interests, even if you don't have any common interests when you first start your relationship, it's good to cultivate them together. You know, garden together, do stuff together. You know, you you're with this person. You're supposed to enjoy the time you're spending with this person. Do things together. Don't just sit in front of the TV. Don't just drink together. Because that's another thing that I've seen. It's like people get into relationships and they don't have anything in common, so they just basically drink. That's that's, that's the thing they have in common. 
they drink and they smoke or they do stupid things together. It's about, yeah, you've got to find someone and you've got to cultivate relations. You've got to cultivate hobbies. And also, you mustn't try and become the only thing. You guys mustn't try and only have hobbies that you do together. Have your own hobbies. Be your own person. You don't become a we. You still are a me in a relationship. you got to be able to be yourself because that's, like, important, dude. Like, you can't just lose yourself. To- yeah, there's two sort of, I guess, common interests. There's ones where you both happen going in to enjoy the same thing or the one person introduced into what you enjoy and you get on. All those things where you just discover it together and you're yeah. like, hey, this is a great thing for us to, you know, do together. Maybe it's, you know, cooking classes or, you know, something just to, you know, develop and enjoy it together. Being able to share passions with someone, right? And to look forward to things and to grow with. I mean, that that's the coolest thing, right? I must say when I chat to people and they're not passionate about anything, it's like, I don't know, it, it takes like all of the excitement out of, you know, like conversation. Yeah, dude. And another thing that's also very important in a relationship that actually with the common hobbies that you have together, it opens up for dialogues. You know, you've got to be able to talk to the person. I think I've said this to you before as well um, already in this chat that we've had is that when you're in a relationship with a person, for it to work, you have to be able to talk to this person about anything, you know? You can't hide things from this person. I was dating this one person years ago. And we, we basically, we adopted, not adopted, we were fostering these two dogs together. We ended up adopting the one. Um, the other one accidentally got killed. She dropped him. But she didn't tell me this when we first got there, you know. And I got there and she was in tears. And she's like, the one dog, she, all, all that she told me was that the one dog died. Yeah, I drove all the way there to her house crying and she told me that she dropped the dog. And she, like, she just didn't want to lie about it. She lied about it to everyone else because she felt so embarrassed about the fact that she killed the dog. But she just didn't want to lie to me. I was the one person she told. And that's, like, that's important. You know, things like that are important. You can't hide stuff from your relationship with a person. Like, if you have an issue, you like, if you, you get into a relationship and you have, like, like with me, I have some things and I don't tell them that I smoke because I want to be better. I want to be a cooler person to them. I don't want them knowing that I smoke. That is an issue because they're going to find out. And then that's going to create like mistrust in the relationship. Because if you're going to lie about something like that, then what else are you lying about? Communication, you have to be able to feel comfortable. Because why do we lie to people? More often than not, is that we're afraid of them judging us when they find out the truth. Now, if you're in a relationship with a person and they are worried about, I don't know, the fact, and and you're worried about you ate a burger, you know, and you ate a beef burger and you know that if you ate a beef burger and you told your girlfriend that you ate a beef burger, she's going to lose her crap and she's going to crap you out. That's not a very comfortable situation to be going home to, you know. And obviously, eating a burger isn't that big of a deal, but if it does become a big of a deal, you're going to question, like, is this worth it? Like, is me eating a burger really worth the effort of telling my girlfriend that, I'm, that I ate this burger? And let's be honest here, if you, if you have to, like, consider telling her something as remedial as that and worrying about getting crapped on, then that's not a very healthy communication between the two of you. Yeah. People are setting themselves up for failure, right? Just, just honesty, lying, you know, cheating, not like kind of being your true self, avoiding, you know, important conflicts and, you know, hiding important details about who you are. You know, maybe you've got a secret kid somewhere you don't tell them about. Like these things, the relationship, that kind of emotional side, you, you know, you're going to be vulnerable. You're going to be sharing parts of stuff. People are going to realize there's something off and these things come out and it 
I don't know. Like it always feels like surely you can see that, like that th these things are bound to cause problems that are just eventually just going to create like a toxic and unsustainable environment, right? Yeah. Well, that's the thing. When we when we lie and or when we get into these situations and we try to make ourselves seem to be better, we want to be liked by the person so much. We want to be accepted by them. It's not like we lie to them in those moments because we 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 want to be malicious. We want to be mean. We lie because we're afraid. And that's the issue. We don't want to hurt the other person when we lie to them. Or maybe we do. I mean, I don't know what your motives are, why you why you do the things that you do. I, I mean, I, I'm just basically speaking from my experiences. If I, if I was in a relationship with a person and I was lying to them, it's probably because I was afraid of them finding out. Fear of rejection. <laughs> yeah, that's not going to work. And, you know, fear of being judged and of um, not belonging, right? These, these things are important factors. Yeah, we need to cultivate trust in the relationship. We need to be able to cultivate communication and have a non yeah reliability and a non-judgmental area bro because like again we are afraid of being judged in a relationship like you said you get into a relationship with a person they're seeing the most intimate parts of you so hypothetically speaking stevie you are like in a relationship with a person and you get naked in front of them for the first time and they laugh at you how's that gonna make you feel ashamed right yeah Exactly. Yeah. yeah. So that's a concept that I, I wanted to like basically bring out there. It's like if you you're not gonna want to get naked in front of them again afterwards, are you? No. Huh. no when, when we hurt, you're gonna feel embarrassed. Things and we avoid them, right? Yes, because our, our memory works through the amygdala and the hippocampus. Now your amygdala is basically one of your emotional control centers. So the stronger your emotion towards a memory, the more likely you are going to, to remember it which is why we have triggers and why we can't really explain some of our triggers because we can remember the emotion, but we can't remember the memory to the trigger. Yeah. I mean, that's how strong emotions are. Like you can remember an emotion far beyond the fact that you can even remember the trigger memory, which created it. That's crazy. It's kind of tough, isn't it? It's like, why am I feeling shit? This is not nice. <laughs> can't I know the reason? Yeah, that's just not... No, you may not because it's very deep in emotions, which you don't want to sort through. <laughs> Uh, the cruel nature. So I, I can want to, um, kind of move on to a topic of conflict, right? How do you effectively resolve conflict in a relationship? I don't know about you, Stevie, but usually when I when I resolve conflict is with my right first one time in the. I'm kidding. I'm not a very physical person. I would never punch a person in the face to resolve a conflict, unless it's my brother, because then he deserves it. Okay. Um, conflict resolution. Conflict resolution in a relationship comes to compromise. Simple as that. Okay. Now, obviously, I'm not talking about compromising like you have to compromise every time. Because sometimes you're going to get into a fight with your spouse, or your partner, your family member, your friend, and they're having a bad day. They're angry. And they're obviously going to be a bit of a like like I sometimes am a doer. They're going to be a bit of a doer. So you don't have to com you don't have to compromise every time you get into a conflict. I'm talking about like the serious conflicts, the ones that are like that are make or break relationships. You know, those ones where you have to sit back and go, oh, is this relationship really worth it? Anymore? Okay, you got to sit there and you got to go, okay, is this relationship worth it? If it's yes, then what you got to do is you got to sit there and really think as to why the conflict that you're having is so important to you and to the person. You got to get to the crux of it. You know, if you're fighting with your spouse over a petrol price, the fact that the car petrol tank wasn't filled properly because, and then your your spouse wanted to go to work, but they couldn't go to work and now they had to fill the petrol tank, um, which you should have done. Obviously, that comes down to money. Now, you got to ask yourself, okay, obviously we know that this is a money issue, but why did this particular time 
really upset this person that I'm with. If I'm with a person over something and you want to be with them, okay, obviously you're going to have to compromise. You're going to have to sit there and you're going to have to think to yourself, okay, so what am I willing to compromise on in this situation? And the only way you can do that is if you find out why the situation is such a situation. Like, why is this an important thing? Why are we fighting over this? You got to get to the crux of it so that you can find out how you're going to compromise. And then once you've figured out what the problem is on your side, why it makes you angry and why this argument makes your partner angry, then you can think to yourself, okay, how can we compromise? Then you come up with some solutions, some ideas as how you would like to resolve the situation. And then you go up to this person and you say, okay, look, yeah, like this argument, I don't want to have this argument anymore. I would like to resolve this. This is how I feel. This is how this argument makes me feel. And I would like us to reach a compromise. I'll give you my parents for an example. My parents have been married for like 39 years. Yeah. And they've been having the same five fights for those 35 years. Same bloody fights. Just remixed. It's like listening to the same song, but just different genres of it, you know? I mean, you can listen to uh, Baby by Justin Bieber in uh, uh, trap music. You can listen to it in the rock and roll genre. They've remixed it into every genre. It's all the same lyric. Yeah, it's just never, never got fully resolved, right? You know, you, you dealt with it in that instance, but as you said, maybe it's not just resolving that deep-rooted cause and just kind of dealing with the current implementation of it that's kind of maybe leads to that. Yeah, well, the reason why they're fighting over it is because, again, they don't compromise. They just basically have the argument, not talk to each other for like two or three days, talk about something completely different, ignore the argument, and then come back to it a week or two later. That's the issue. They don't actually talk about like why their emotions are, are being hurt. Like I, I speak to my dad all the time. My mom says something to my dad. My dad feels hurt. Then my mom comes back the next day like nothing happened. Then my dad says something and then it hurts her. And they, they keep on doing this. They, they do the same thing. Like they just don't talk about it. They just basically push it under the rug and move on with their life, which is not what you're supposed to do. If you say something to me that hurts my feelings, I'm gonna, I should actually say to you, hey man, that is not cool. Please don't say this to me. Like, this hurts my feelings. I'm not going to... Well, obviously, if, if it's you, I'm going to tell you to piss off because you, you can't hurt my feelings. You've been my friend for, like, I don't know how many years. I know you well enough. But um, my parents my parents don't seem to be able to reach a compromise because they're not willing to talk about the situation. They're not even willing to figure out in themselves why the arguments that they're having with each other matter so much. They, they, they're basically deluded because that's, that's a situation that most people live with in, like, today. We... We know we have these emotions. We, we know the emotions. We know what they are. All this stuff, but we don't know why we're having them. Because that, that's the thing. Like you have about six or seven base emotions and every other emotion is kind of a mixture of them. And most often than not, when we feel something, when we feel like an anger or something like that, we don't even really know why we're feeling it. We don't even know what's going on. We just know that we're feeling this thing. So we just kind of like deal with the, the, the base, well, not the base emotion. We just deal with this like mixture of emotions that we don't even know why we have it. I think I'd like to um, go over a bit of um, this kind of self-growth in relationships that you know very kind of valuable. What are like good practical ways to foster this, you know, in, in the context of a relationship? First of all, you you don't grow and you don't want to be a better person for anyone other than yourself, to be honest with you. Like, it's like that thing. Okay. It's just like a saying, you know, if a person's an alcoholic, person has like bad addictions and stuff like that, they're not going to change unless they want to change. You know, how many psychologists does it take to change a light bulb? First, the light bulb's going to want to change. That's the truth. That's the thing. The person has to want to be a better person in the relationship. They have to want to grow within the relationship. That's step one. You can't have growth if you don't plant the seeds for it. 
if you don't cultivate the land for it. You are the land. You are the seeds. You are the worker. Only you can cultivate that land so that you can be a better person. Getting to a relationship and expecting to be a better person because that person is like that, it's not going to work. You're not going to have the enthusiasm if you put all that pressure on the person to make you want to do something. If I get into a relationship with a person that paints well because I want to learn to paint, that relationship's like a loss because I'm getting into this relationship because I have a specific want. Of a specific need. Okay, but that's not what growth is. How to foster growth in a relationship, like I said, first of all, you're going to have to want to grow. You're going to have to want to be better with a person. And you're going to have to want to be with a person. Or you're going to have to be with a person that wants you to grow. Because I've actually been in some relationships with people that don't want me to grow. Like friendships and um, and actual relationships with, with another person where, yeah, it was an intimate relationship. Sometimes people don't want you to grow, but that's not what we're talking about. We're talking about people that actually want you to grow because we're talking about healthy relationships. Now we're not talking about bad ones. Fostering you, growth. Partners willing, you're willing, but you know, or maybe they're sort of the fence, but you know, so what, what's your approach? You're like, I know this is a powerful, invaluable element in a relationship. They kind of don't know how to do it. How do you bring this, this aspect in or, or encourage this aspect in a relationship in a healthy way? Okay. So first of all, you got to figure out the kind of area you want to grow in because it's all great to want to grow but how do you want to grow like that's the question number one like stevie you get into a relationship where would you like to grow in the relationship where would you like the relationship to grow this could be very different for me because maybe i want my relationship to grow in a way where i find someone and we end up working out at the same gym and we end like doing jiu-jitsu and kickboxing together. Like, I, I can grow in that aspect. And then we be garden together as well, okay? So, Steve, let me ask you. You get in a relationship with the goal of your dream. How would you like to grow? So, for me, I'm big on kind of hobbies and passions, but I'm also big on, you know, emotional connection and being able to talk about those shared life experiences and kind of how, you know, I experience the world and, you know, how what what's going on with them. So, for me, like, being able to foster that and grow that kind of depth of, I guess, emotional kind of connection and talking about these, for me, that's a big one. So, developing that and, like, um, you know, it takes a while to get into that deeper and even more vulnerable sort of conversations and things and you know then kind of develop you know being a really strong support system for each other so that's kind of, i think the one aspect i've realized that in relationships is that's a that's a big boy for me you know feeling like that emotional connection and just having like kind of conversations that really feels like it matters to both of us and we're really passionate about this um so that's the one side and then also whatever our sort of shared passions are kind of develop growing those together because i'm a passionate person i love hobbies and things and you know whatever it is just kind of growing that together and making it really special for us we're doing like improv comedy together you know going to all the shows practicing together spending the time and watching youtube videos so it's just kind of like investing in those things i guess that's kind of like the type of growth just creating like a really safe and environment that really is like we can take on the world right you know and i think that openness right i'm a very open person and i want someone i can share that with you know be like this is my vulnerable side this is everything about me and then I get to learn everything about them and it's kind of this cool like you've got you got that together and I don't know it's like a unique bond man and how is it like a without the context of an actual like you know relationship in particular I guess that's a generic sort of way I would see it so you're basically saying that you want to foster 
growth of the relationship itself and how we can get the relationship to grow itself yeah but for me like i think developing that like level of kind of conversation i think passion and also emotional depth but in isolation two different things but being able to share passions together where we actually are excited to do a thing together beyond just hanging out like sure we love hanging out with each other and that maybe that's the emotional side just that sheer depth and value and enjoyment of just hanging out but then also like more on a as you said a shared activity side being passionate about like things right like oh we're gonna do that together oh we look forward to that and you know or we can chat about that thing we're really interested in and you know that, that kind of thing to brighten up your day outside of just the relationship itself so so those are my two fronts i think and maybe they paint me as a person very i mean that's very interesting i mean what you want and how you want to grow is a very beautiful way dude like what you want and what you just explained to me are very beautiful ways to love a person and want to grow with that person it's very admirable my man and you deserve that you do we all deserve that and i feel that the best way to grow a relationship like that is to just be vulnerable that's what you got to do you got to feel comfortable enough with the person that you are and you got to cultivate vulnerability so that you both can have those moments where you can actually open up and have a conversation like that because i've had those kind of conversations with you my man those deep meaningful conversations that we used to have when we were kids but we have that because we've been friends for like i don't know over 20 years now it's been a while man yeah yeah we've been friends for a very long period of time we we have that like obviously we have the kind of like vulnerability with each other i can say things to you that i wouldn't tell most people that that's something that we've cultivated for over years so obviously if you get into a relationship with a person i mean you're not going to have like, obviously you will have 15 years hopefully with that person so you'll over a period of time you'll be able to cultivate some sort of um vulnerability with each other but like as a relationship that you're just starting out with like with a person that you really want to become because obviously when you get into a relationship with a person you want them to know everything about you and that's going to take time so you're going to basically sit there and you're going to get to know each other you're going to throw out all the information about you you're going to give all the little like stories of all the things that you do to try and explain why you do the certain things you do and how you act and all that stuff you, you try and get them to get to know you get up to get them up to speed with who you are as far as humanly possible and obviously, as you're doing that, you're opening up, you're telling them more of the stories of who you are, giving them more of a backstory of you. And it's like watching a TV series. You know, when you first watch a TV series, the first few episodes of the, the characters you don't really know. And over the seasons, you become more attached to them because you see more of them. You see more entertaining stories with them and you build more of a relationship with them. And that's basically how it is in any relationship, be it with like the relationship of the characters, let's say from the Big Bang Theory. Like how, I mean, that was a sitcom for a very long period of time. And a lot of people loved the characters because they got to know the characters over a very long period of time. And that's how it is with people and relationships, you know. If you want to have vulnerability and you want it to grow, you just got to want it. And you got to be able to put yourself out there, vulnerable, and allow that vulnerability to be cultivated between the two of you. You know, it's all fine and dandy for you to want to be vulnerable with your partner, but does your partner feel vulnerable with you? Are you cultivating vulnerability so your partner can feel comfortable to tell you all the things and hide secrets from you? Because again, I told you, like, secrets break relationships. They, they will. They were always. That's like a thing. You know, it takes away the trust. And if you don't have trust, you don't have much of a relationship. I mean, you can you can have a, a a sexual relationship with a person without trust, Talia, and that's like one night stands, friends with benefits. Well, obviously, there's there's trust when you have a friends with benefits, but that's not the point. If you want a relationship to work out, vulnerability is also a very important thing to do and to be able to grow within it. Yeah, you know the thing about like, <laughs> I guess like dishonesty in relationship is that for me it just it maybe it's just not part of my kind of you know. But besides my my moral stuff, but like my core like philosophy like around it for like me, I I want to kind of be like. 
as a person in a package like something special for someone that there's no competition for if that makes sense like the, what makes you know Stevie or you know for another person that you know themselves they cool factor what their value to people around them and stuff and we've all got that right um, and if you cultivate that it's even easier to sell that I want you know them to be kind of drawn in by me by me for, for who I am right you know for my pros my cons my unique little flavor you know and not, not in a way that's comparable like oh you know he's funnier than, than the last boyfriend I had so I guess I'll go with him you know until I'm you meet a funnier boyfriend I just want to you know have the most popular goal or the whatever I just you know find that person that's kind of compatible and just like sees my value for the unique little strange wonderful thing it is in a non-comparable way and part of that is you know being able to reveal all those little things about you so they can evaluate that for themselves and be like oh okay, cool that's what that person is really like and is really about and that's what makes them really awesome is what makes them really awesome what does it for me if so awesome and if it's this other direction the same I don't know that's just kind of like that's a done deal man it works and um, for me that that's good enough I feel like that premise is a great recipe you know to to build on Tell me how easy is it to find that, Stevie? Yeah, so this is a, <laughs> that, that's <laughs> my, my philosophy around it, I suppose, is that that's what I like. Yeah. I like to feel like I'm a unique package. I, I, that's why I'm not in that sense competitive. I don't have to be better than, more appealing than other people at what they're good at. I'm just, what I'm good at, I, I want to find the person who sees that little co combination of things I'm great at and the way my humor appeals and, you know, this and that. And be like, yeah, damn, that's just that. That's just a package that kind of works. So, I mean, that's kind of like, obviously that's that's just a philosophy, kind of like a framework. But, you know, in real life, as people, right, I think it's good to have kind of like frameworks, philosophies, ideas, and, you know, rules and morals and stuff. And, you know, things that are important to you. But it's also like mm -hmm. applying that to situation because if you just, like something, sure, you can be steadfast, but some things, you know, I have ideals, <laughs> idealistic views on things, right? But I'm, I'm not like having them as a hard rule. It's like a relationship that comes to you, comes to you, right? The relationship that is maybe the one that that's, that lasts a long time. Maybe it's something I had no idea would be the way it is. Maybe it's a relationship that's nothing like I, I expected the, the one to be, right? And, and that's cool. But you know, you kind of no. apply your, your personal philosophies and things and you navigate and you know, sometimes the world surprises you and you're like, okay, maybe what I thought, you know, that's that's fine, right? You know, we're in a dynamical. Maybe the person I thought I'd be really attracted to is way different than it actually, you know, turned out, but that's cool but you do have to have things to go on and things to direct you right to navigate in the sea and not just be swayed in every direction by every wave and kind of just go with the flow right you have to have a, an identity that drives you but also take in the context and not just be stubborn and be like well it's my way or the highway you don't like it uh you know i, I see one of those people that has, has a really long list of they had to be able, able to do this and say that and like that. but as you get all that list gets smaller things become less important and you start to realize the things that actually matter to you and what is important and what you want in a partner and stuff like that. When you're trying to be with someone, you've got to put aside your ego. You've got to put aside your pride because there's going to be times where you mess up and you're not going to want to apologize or important to know that when you really love someone, there'll be times where you have to put aside your pride for what is most important. And if that relationship has is more important than your ego and your pride, put it aside. So that's the thing that we all, like, especially as dudes, 
something that we got to deal with. You know, we want to be happy, but we want the happiness to come with caution. I want to be happy. I want to be happy in this way. Not realizing that happiness isn't exactly, it's not like an item you can order for men here. It's happiness. I mean, just because you think that you like blonde more than brunettes doesn't mean that your soulmate isn't going to be a brunette. You don't expect it. They say, like, love, so many people have different ideas of what love is. So it be fine. Some people say that you're supposed to find a person that's opposite to you because opposites attract. And some people say that you find a person that's similar to you because you've got to have hobbies together. There's so many different ideas, and each idea conflicts with one another. I mean, it's so difficult to say what it really is and what marks the best relationship and what is going to make something last or not. The thing that makes the relationship good, the thing that makes the relationship last is you. At the end of the day, it's what energy you are willing to put into it. It's the agreement at the end of the day, both of you want to be with each other, even through crap times, because crap times with that person that you're with is better than good times with other people. It's, it's a person that you want in your corner 24-7 because that person is your rock. If you don't have a person with you, then you feel like you, you're unstable. You know, or maybe not even that. You, know, you don't have to feel unstable without the person because they get people that are in relationships and they're very independent and it's almost like they're not even in a relationship with the person. Each relationship is different. Like I said, love is different or relationships are different. It's how we perceive it in the person that we're with. At the end of it. Like you were saying earlier when you were talking about what you want in a partner, like when I asked you that question, again, it's 100% subject to you. Just now you get into a relationship with a person and they don't lose things. And you don't mind about some of the things they don't like. Some things that they do like and the, the stuff that you want them to do. Like they, you want to foster an emotional compatibility with each other. You want that. You are sure. But they're not going to want to fire dance with you. That's okay. I'm pretty sure you wouldn't mind if your, your girlfriend doesn't want to fire dance to watch you fire dance. Isn't that enough? You know, it's about what you're willing to accept, what you're willing to put aside. Yeah, you know, I, th I think like it's interesting, like it's it's complex and it's, it can be hard to figure this out, but what's really important to you and just make that almost as short a list as possible. Then you actually get rid of the, the noise to like the core of it. Just make that little list of what's really important to you. And after that, you know, just see what life, you know, you got to play the game though, right? You, you, you got to be kind of like reading, okay, maybe this is something you're pursuing. You can't just like willy nilly and be like, oh, the universe will throw someone at me. I don't have to think about it. No, you got you to gotta be, you still got to play the game. You got to be open to what lottery you win or, you know, because that's part of the excitement, right? If you have such a rigid idea of this is the person that I'm going to fall in love with. Like, and that's the only type of person I'm going to fall in love with. I don't know, like, necessarily what the person, like, is going to be like. I know a couple things that's important to me so that be, like, hard, like, yeah, that's got to be a thing or, you know, this is not going to work. But beyond that little, you know, little smallest, pretty much it's open, man. I'm just, I, I know what I'm doing, uh, but I'm so excited for see what the universe throws at me man you know that's part of the fun right yeah who knows man maybe it's someone who's you know just i don't know super active maybe it's someone who's you know like quite stable and you know a bit more serious but like has the little cool little things they're into you know, maybe it's someone very extroverted or someone very interested. It's someone shy or someone who maybe wants it's someone to be... really rich. Yeah, maybe they're, maybe they're rich. Wouldn't that be nice? <laughs> then I could become a home. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah I mean, if, like... if you want to find a rich wife, <laughs> take up post right. Maybe yeah, maybe it's someone rich. Maybe it's someone poor man. You know, um, <laughs> maybe it's someone I have lots of shared passions with. Maybe it's someone I don't have shared hobbies with, but we have that connection. You know. It's, uh, I don't know. but you got to definitely keep yeah, your well, eyes. Things take proactive efforts, but if you restrict yourself too much, you're just, you're just like denying so many potential opportunities, right? If like, 
if you have this long list that eliminates like 75% of the possibilities of relationships for you, well, you know, you, you're kind of banking a lot that the little 25% or whatever that slithers through the gaps, if it's even that, it, it just happens to contain one of the right ones. And if it doesn't, uh, that's a, <laughs> oops. Same thing with everyone. That list, you get smaller because you are alone for a long enough period of time. You, human beings are social creatures. We don't like being, we don't like being by ourselves. We like, we are hardwired to seek out a companion and procreate and some of that. And we, we want to find a partner. We want to settle down. We want to have children. Um, not, obviously, not everyone wants that. Obviously, you get people that don't want to have children or something like that. But deep down, it's part of our genetics. Part of our... It's who... Just every species. It's one of the things. Go there and you think to yourself that you are active. But actually, you're a lot more attractive than you think you are. You just don't like yourself, which is a situation that a lot of people have. I mean, I'm not saying that not everyone looks in the mirror and goes, oh my gosh, I'm gorgeous. But you get those people that are, that are absolutely just drop dead gorgeous. And, and if they look in the mirror and they judge themselves at all, I, I'd be like absolutely amazed. That's the thing. When you talk to a person and you like, say that you really are attracted to this one person and you think they're very cool, you talk to them and you get to know them because you try to foster an relationship with them and try to foster um, vulnerability and you find out they are actually a little bit insecure. And you wouldn't believe that because they're so perfect in your eyes. Like, how could you be insecure? Yeah, that's that's just it, man. No matter how attractive you are, everyone has self-esteem issues. We all have them. I mean, it's parts of us that we change. Every one of us is a part of us that we want to change. I mean, how often, do you look at, how often do you go and look in the mirror and think to yourself, yeah, I like all of this that I see looking back. You can come and tell me that, yeah, I look in the mirror and I just, I, I, I'm absolutely in love with a single thing that I would change. Just give tips on how to build your self-esteem right because you're right we're all our worst critics and it's it's tough and then we see ourselves in a light that the people around us don't see but how do you kind of get out of that and build up your self-esteem what is a good tips from you Okay, so there's a lot of ways to do that. First, the easiest and simplest way. Look in the mirror when you're brushing your teeth or when you look in the mirror and you're judging yourself. Just compliment. Instead of looking in the mirror and going, I hate my nose, go and look in the mirror and appreciate something. When you look in the mirror, you stop judging the small things that you do. Let's say you look in the mirror and you have nose. Stop looking in the mirror focusing on your nose. Focus on the things you like about it. Put your eyes and go, oh my gosh, I may not like my nose, but I really like my eyes. It's something that I used to do when I was younger. I used to think to myself, I really hate my body, but damn, I like my personality. And that's one thing, okay? When you look in the mirror, when you stop looking such a harsh light and actually start appreciating. Not to be the greatest things, not to be perfect, but just start. And then you keep on doing it. You find what you like about yourself and you continue complimenting yourself and then you, you make a habit of it. Positivity is actually a habit. It's not something that we all And another thing, if you want to build your self-esteem, I'll always say this. I, I will always say this, but to the day I die, if you want to start feeling better about yourself, start working out. There is nothing better for you to get a confidence boost put time and effort into you, person. How are you supposed to have confidence in yourself if you don't actually put an effort into yourself? Like, I mean, it's such a mind-boggling concept for me, you know? Remember when we went out that time? Remember when we went out and I made you wear my tux? Yes. We went to that bar and we danced all night with my friend on her 21st. Remember how good you felt when you were wearing those clothes? Yeah, you feel fly, man. <laughs> it's, it's simply that. Put time. You, know, you feel freaking fly. Put time and effort. If you aren't willing to go to the gym, shave properly. Be neatly trimmed. Spend an extra five minutes to make sure that you are 100% shaved. Brush your teeth before you go out. 
goes a long way. If you get close enough to just smell their breath and their breath smells enough, bruh, you don't want to talk to them, okay? Eat healthy. People who eat healthy, genuinely being healthy in every way is like basically the best way to bring your, raise your confidence. Stop judging yourself so much. Stop putting more time and effort into yourself. I say this every, like, I'll say this to everyone anytime I meet them. The best way to have an appreciate, okay, is to treat yourself as if you would have loved. If you flourish, then then you're ready for a relationship. And if you don't, then you need to revalue yourself and you aren't flourishing. If you treat yourself as if you would have loved what kind of relationships you are and how much you're worth. Because, like, I do that for myself, dude. I, um, I started treating myself as how I treated all the goals that I've tried to date. And I tell you, man, I'm doing fairly well. I'm starting to get a really serious appreciation for myself and what I bring to a relationship. I can tell you that much, eh? You know, I, I'm a pretty sweet person to date. Like, I'm a catch. No. Although, I have my issues. I'm not perfect. Yeah, so, like, that's the kind of things you need to do. Dude. Spend more time on yourself. Spend more time with yourself. Like, just do general things. Shame all children. Literally, there's so many different little help self-help channels you can go on YouTube that tells you little, basically little tricks to be more attractive. Just simply by the way you talk to people, the way you present yourself, you know? Put more time and effort into you by just wearing clothes. Dress slightly nice to your situation. I mean, like, I have in my closet, I have a whole bunch of different kind of clothes for different outings. I mean, I, I, I'm more than comfortable to go to a, the pub here in my pajamas, but I'm also, like, I prefer to go there in my nice clothes because, like, at the end of the day, your clothes, clothes make it the man. One takes care of themselves and pride in how they, they look and they interact with, you know, people. You know, they're sort of <laughs> asserting value. Like, wow, you know, this, this, this person actually almost feels like has a lot to offer and, you know, um, sees themselves in a way where they're valuable, right? The idea of emanating confidence in both the way you interact and the way you look and, you know, what you say and stuff. And just kind of like re reaffirming what maybe you know about yourself to others, you know, <laughs> advertise yourself a bit right like you may be great and all but if no one knows that you're great and all because all they see is you know like that you maybe your hygiene's not great or you know you you're not saying the right things it's it's hard for people to to know what's really going on with you you know yeah that's the thing dude that's the thing I always used to tell people when i was younger that you shouldn't try and look for a relationship you should try and find yourself fall in love with yourself because if you're out there being 100% authentically used that, you are going to basically give an outline on how to love you. So when a person comes in life and they see how you're treating yourself and you're, you're taking care of yourself and you, you're putting an effort to love you and all this stuff, you, you buy yourself little treats and you, you appreciate who you are, you're going to basically show the person how you deserve to be treated and they should treat you accordingly or, yeah, treat well, they accordingly like that. You give them an outline, kind of a roadmap or not a cheat sheet. I'm trying to find the right word. You, you give them a basis. Like a framework. How to love you. If you're capable of loving yourself genuinely like that, then it's more, it's more reasonable to think that you're expecting that from someone else as well. Because like you said, if you go out there and you don't take care of yourself, you don't brush your teeth before you go out, you don't shower nicely and all stuff, it puts out a bad self-image. Because if you aren't willing to look after yourself and to take care of you and to just generally comb your hair before you go out, but how do you take care of the relationship itself? You know, it's, it's like when you buy a goldfish. Uh, for your children or your parents bought you a goldfish to see if you could actually handle a dog. You know, isn't that, aren't you like your own little, if you want to prove to a person that capable of being functional in a relationship with them, you need to 
be able to be in a relationship with yourself is it's simple it's just taking care of yourself it's just allowing yourself to be human realizing that you're allowed to make mistakes yeah. the human condition we're not perfect it's stupid to assume to be perfect and try and find a perfect partner you're just trying to find a person that's perfect for you and they don't have to be perfect when you you know love yourself you build yourself up if you're thriving in life and you're having fun and other people are having fun around you you're gonna be like so attractive to people right they're like wow this person's so effective they've got together they're so fun to be around they're passionate they're going somewhere they're driven who wouldn't be drawn to that right you know that, that's such a cool person to hang out with and it's like you're almost inspiring to the people around you you know so when you're your best version of yourself and you're loving life people are attracted to joy and people are attracted to people who are on top of their life and <laughs> i mean you know if you're like this rolls royce driving around that's freshly shined and it's got all the new parts and you know the engine's roaring you know you're just driving around with the wind in your hair you wouldn't want to hop in that rolls royce and be like you know i want to join you on the ride in life i want to join you on your, your life journey you know it's i want to be part of this passion and joy and fulfillment and you know and the self-growth every human being is running the race of life it comes to quite a lot of us when we get into relationships a lot of people are standing by the end of the finish line and by the time that we're finished running or by the time we're getting to the finish line they're like oh yeah just jump on the back and then you just carry us across the line because that's what's happening in, in society nowadays it's about we need to find the person that is willing to run the actual race with us and sometimes carry us because i mean let's be honest we're gonna get tired the race of life is pretty long. It's also like if you've developed yourself into this person who's you know has a lot of you know life you know experience and wisdom and has developed themselves a lot and is happy and is very able to take care of themselves and then you know someone comes tries to come in your life who doesn't have any of those things right. They're not on top of their life. They, they haven't really you know refined the good qualities about them. They just like they just want to kind of take the whole time and not give. Why would you desire to have them in your life you know well the thing is if you have a good relationship with yourself you're not going to want to be with a person who has conflict such as that you're not going to want to be in a relationship with them you're going to literally go in them you're going to look at them okay so this is the kind of person they are the person i am come out in 10 years time and if it's like that in 10 years time to respect yourself to realize this is not worth my time don't invent anything them, thus allowing you to actually free up your time to find the person that would work with you and that would actually be good for you and then that actually comes back to you were talking about earlier about being lonely because if you're lonely you're going to be more likely to compromise on those kind of things and go that's the catch-22 situation it's like if you don't have self-love you're going to be bound to these relationships that don't work because you don't want to be by yourself because you don't love yourself and then you're going to get into a relationship with a person that you don't particularly love because you're just tired of being alone and it's going to make the problem worse you're going to start questioning am I the problem which yes I mean problems about this like you could be you could be the issue in your relationships you could be because you self-destruct or you the issue because you don't want to get in a relationship because you're too afraid of it or you could be the issue because you're unable to put your pride across so there's so many reasons why we are the issues that we don't have successful relationships there is only one person on this earth that has your back 100 percent of the time obviously your parents will have your back all the time and the person you love as well will have your back but when push comes to shove you are the only person that has your back 100 percent of the time don't you think you should treat yourself accordingly that is important think about it if you're in a relationship with a perm let's say you are a police officer and you have a partner and that partner has your back the whole time you who you are now now say that you are your partner comfortable with who you are now if the answer is no 
reevaluate and figure out why. And if the answer is yes, congratulations. But also, and figure out why. It's important because if you're doing something right, it's just as important to figure out if you why you're doing it right as to why you're doing it wrong. Because sometimes we do things right and we don't know why we do it right. And if doing it right spontaneously, that is a miracle. Figure out why so we can continue making miracles like that. It was really cool to have you on the show. It's always a pleasure, you know. We got a lot of history, man. It's always so fun to just hang out, have chat. And I'm really glad to have had you on the podcast. I'm sure we'll have you on again for some other insightful and fun topic so we go we roll a reel in the deep with Adele you know yeah this was a very interesting topic Steve and I'm very happy to have been a part of this with you me, me and Adrian took very different parts of life and you know we never had the periods of struggle of success and through you know pretty tough journeys but very different journeys we sort of reconnect and realized we'd sort of come to like similar places you know there was a lot of relatability and insight and you know shared kind of struggle and you know even like philosophies there's good like things we sort of agree on and you know, even things we don't agree on it was just interesting you know different life journeys and struggles and things can sometimes lead you to similar places and i think we've come through a lot thank you for joining us on this episode we hope the insight shared today will empower you to navigate complexities of the heart and foster meaningful connections in your own life remember love is an ever-evolving journey and by embracing self-growth and understanding you can create relationships that stand the test of time stay tuned for more episodes you can follow us at instagram at power of perspective with steven until next time